I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, and welcome to Out of the Woods. My name is Justin, and his name is still Matthew. Fuck yes, yes. <laughs> Exciting to hear. And yes, we are a Yellow Jackets podcast, and today we'll be discussing a very interesting episode of Yellow Jackets indeed. A bit later than we planned, but you know, there was unaccountably a two-week break for some reason, so uh, yeah, it's all it's all good. Stuff happens. Stuff indeed does happen. Um, so yeah, uh, this episode... Uh, Two truths and a lie. We have now reached uh, the halfway point of this season, and some very interesting stuff is set up in this episode. Uh, but before we get into that, a couple of small housekeeping items. One thing I forgot to mention at the end of last episode. There were two randos in the cabin in the last bit of last ep. Like, there were two other background yellow jackets that weren't Jen or Crystal or Melissa. So, like... Is there another third category of even more ignored person who's going to be introduced later? Yeah, I love how for like nearly two whole seasons yep. they've no. just been kicking around doing absolutely fuck all. Uh, Matthew, how have you been? I have been. Good to know. <laughs> I, I've recently been... Uh, I watched a really fantastic film recently called uh, You Can Live Forever. It is about a, a romance between uh, two... Young young ladies in the 1990s, uh, one of whom is a Jehovah's Witness, which does not exactly uh, like such things, and is an extremely well acted and like realistic and stark uh, drama. It's a uh, really really fucking good. I highly recommend it. Uh, Did they live forever? Well, we didn't see them die, so we can only presume yes. No, well there you go. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. But yeah. Um, the bloody, uh, I also rewatched a fantastic film from Thailand, uh, Syndromes in a Century, which is, uh, I don't think it's just Syndrome in a Century. God, now I sound like a skewed, but no, yeah, fantastic, fantastic film about time traveling monk hospitals. Uh, how, have you seen anything good lately? I, I've not really been watching many movies. Um, I rewatched The Devils, which mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely one of my top four. Did you watch the version where the chick masturbates with the guy's thigh bone? Um, I, I looked up all the deleted scenes, and they were in the version I'm pretty sure I saw the first time. Right. Like, you know, they give her the bone, and it's just like, ah, oh, souvenir, and then she's just like, oh, yay, I'm going to stick this in me. But Indeed. But you, you actually don't see her do that. It's just heavily inferred. Oh, I, I swear there's a version where she actually, like, on-screen fuds herself with that. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, great movie. Sorry if I just uh, alarmed many folks uh, i think they knew what they were in for but apart from that yeah i've just been watching lots of uh, the original ghost in the shell standalone complex series it's a good it's a good show yeah so yeah i like the i like the song this is a weird pull but i like the song on the soundtrack of that show it's like book it down what are you doing sir I'm it down. <laughs> you, you know that one no <laughs> <laughs> i'll play it for you later okay but we are not here to discuss any of those things. We're here to discuss 
Two Truths and a Lie, directed by Ben Semenoff, written by Catherine Kearns and Sarah L. Thompson. I, I liked this episode. It was a good episode. Um, lots of really interesting stuff. I don't think I liked it quite as much as episodes three or four. It felt like a little bit set up y. I guess those were too, but like, I don't know. I think I just liked them a little more, but like, it's still a good episode. Lots of good stuff in it. And uh, yeah. I feel like the first three episodes had a lot more momentum and. Holy shit, oh my god. Yeah, no, I mean, that's. But you know, they can't all be like that. It, as, as I say in, 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 in Ep 3, like, no, they can't all be like that because, like, it would be an incoherent. Thing. So yeah, we open on Adult Fern, played by Lauren Ambrose, who, uh, six feet under, psycho beach party, servant, uh, so much good shit. And you're about to say that she's hot, right? I was going to leave it implied, but yes, she, <laughs> as Adult Fern, is ridiculously hot. And uh, to no one's surprise, she's fantastic in the role. She puts a VHS in a VHS rewinder shaped like a race car. Which is awesome. It is awesome, Yeah. The VHS is Welcome to the Dollhouse by Todd Salons. Uh, you and I would know him more from the movie Happiness. Ah, yes, I suppose we would. It's not That's. Uh... It's not quite as fucked up as Happiness, but it's on the continuum. The song What's Up by Four Non Blondes plays, which, to those of us of a certain generation, will always be the lol he man is gay song. <laughs> Van eats a donut she left out on the kitchen bench, uh, the kitchen bench for breakfast, a classic van move, and takes a stack of VHSs downstairs into her cool little vintage shop that she lives above of. She picks up a stack of envelopes, some of which are bill notices. Oh no, guess the crash settlement money ran out. Uh, later, after she has opened up, two scruffy young blokes, presumably college students, walk in and wonder with delighted incredulity if these boxy things are all movies. <laughs> yeah, is it Matthew? Because we're because we're on the millennial Gen Z cusp. We sort of remember VHSs, you know. I have very fond memories of how crap VHSs were. Yeah, no. And I can see why you'd have that sort of nostalgia where you'd want to go back and revisit how crap VHSs were. I, I yeah, I feel like well, we first got a DVD player in '06, which is like insanely late to do that. Mm. It was very very uncool. But yeah. Uh, one of Van's friends enters. She extols the virtues of the actress Parker Posey and Party Girl. This is a cute little reference to the work of the director Daisy von Scherlormeer, who directed... Say that again? Daisy von Scherlormeer. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I said I was going to stop doing that, but it never gets less funny to me. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> yeah, anyway, that person directed uh, Doomcoming, the season two premiere, and the penultimate ep of this season, which I'll be very excited to see. Van enthusiastically, yet slightly awkwardly, recommends that lady rent the movie The Watermelon Woman, which I have not seen, but it looks good. I may check it out. Then, Ty walks in, and we get the scene from the end of Last Up, except only in this version it ends with Ty collapsing in a darkly funny manner. Yeah. It was actually kind of funny. <laughs> After the credits, not with Lance Morissette this time, we open on a beautiful shot of the mountain landscape. The icicles on the cabin are melting in the morning heat. But spoiler alert, the thaw is only temporary. Ty wakes up in the attic, seemingly contented after a good night's sleep. Ty says good morning to Shauna, who disputes this statement because her baby is kicking her insides like crazy. Ty says, at least it's almost over. A slightly insensitive thing to say. Van pops her head in through the door and tells Ty that Lottie's weird sharing ritual is about to start. She doesn't use those exact words. Ty amiably replies that she'll be right out. Shauna reacts to this development with consternation. Ty replies that it's mostly Lottie's woo-woo bullshit, listening to the trees. But Van thinks that she stopped sleepwalking because she's Ty started going, and it's making her happy. 
happy wife, happy life, she says, which is really cute. Yeah, this is a big shift in Ty's character. She's always had a, a degree of pragmatism about her, so I guess it isn't totally out of left field, but it is still, like, previous to this point, she was sort of like, no, I'm not doing any spirity stuff. That's stupid. And now she's willing to go along with it to a degree. But, like, I guess after the end of last episode when something you're clearly, like, blacking out and doing weird shit and finding special symbols and stuff, even the most ardent skeptic has to be like, okay, maybe something weird is going on, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> also, also, I made this point you've been watching, but, like, it might just be guided meditation. Like, it might be helping her mental state for entirely non-supernatural reasons. Yeah. Everyone uh, needs to take a moment to just have a breath in the freezing cold. <laughs> Quite. Let's just say I'll be interested to see what Ty does after the next episode, which we still have to wait, like, a little under a week for, a week for which fucking sucks. A little under a weed. Yes. <laughs> you can edit that out. Lottie tells everyone in her circle to take a breath and asks them how they feel. Or what they feel. Mari, perhaps uncreatively, is like the cold. And Van says the wind makes her feel alive. Everybody just... No shit, Sherlock. Any yeah. other shocking developments you want to tell me about? <laughs> something, something... Name of Redania's bloody king. <laughs> yeah, that's the stuff. And to quote Bart, big fucking boom. <laughs> Everybody just... Old B. <laughs> Tyler Sockcock shoes. Plowing ear pits. Anyway... Yeah, every, everybody just describes the various physical phenomena they can hear and feel. It's a weirdly interesting little ambient scene. Lottie says that they are tuning into nature and each other. We're seeing the beginnings of what will one day be her cult. Shauna is watching this from a distance with no small amount of consternation. As Lottie says, a new life is coming. And we can't wait to meet him. Shauna seems a little freaked out by Lottie's preoccupation with her passenger. Ty makes brief eye contact with Shauna before she walks away. Cuts to the present. Callie is at a bowling alley with Officer Twatface. The band Necking are playing. <laughs> or Neckling, as you refer to them as, which is awesome. Yeah, I, I misread that subtitle, but yeah. it's funny. So uh, I, I, I know these guys. I've listened, I've listened to some of their stuff. I, I quite liked it, but since they cameoed in the music video for the song I'm Not the Only One by Tegan and Sarah that I really like. But yeah, anyway. I hope they get more exposure after this app. She's at the bowling alley. Uh, Officer Twatface bowls a, a spare, I think it's been a while, and he celebrates this in a highly annoying fashion. Callie says that if she gets a strike, he must kiss her. Officer Twatface, noting her so far terrible record, thinks that he's safe in agreeing to this. Hey, yeah, dude, I think what you're doing is already illegal, whether you kiss her or not, you know? Yeah. Or at least it might. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let me just state, this guy fucking sucks. Yep. This guy is the worst, but like... Giant cock. In a way that is weirdly compelling to watch his worstness, if that makes any sense. Yeah, like a train crash. You mm, feel bad, but you can't look away. So yeah, Callie, predictably enough, gets a strike. Officer Twatface protests that he thought they were going to take things slow, and Callie doesn't like that. He then manages to salvage it by saying that he likes her. He doesn't want to screw things up by going too fast. Yeah, uncomfortable fucking scene, intentionally so. He departs. The bowling lady comes over to give Callie the receipt, upon which she discovers Officer Twatface's name is written as M. Saracusa? Ugh. She Googles his name and discovers that he is in fact a cop. I, I like this plot point. It's exactly the kind of dumb mistake people make. 
we cut back to the past, where Jen and Melissa are contemplating a seemingly comatose Harvey. Jen is annoyed that he won't tell them where he's been, and speculates that he may have found another cabin or other people. And uh, Melissa speculates that maybe he did die, and that's his ghost. Uh, that conversation is a similar experience to being on the Yellow Jacket subreddit. <laughs> Shout out, guys. Yeah. Van, Mari, and Akila are trying to coax some information out of the Harvester, but he is extremely unforthcoming. Yeah, Van, somewhat pissed off to Lee, asked Trav to help them, but he merely, like, stoically, determinedly, emotionally, repressedly says, he'll talk when he's ready. It is very in character for how Travis reacts to stressful situations, i.e. by completely shutting down. So yeah, Nat appears and tells him she was going to go to the Scream and check the gillnet and ask if he wants to come. He doesn't. Yeah, Akila in the kitchen, gives her mouse, who she has named Nugget, which, like, uh, <laughs> that might not, it might not be the best to name him after a food item, Akila. Yeah, it's just tempting fate. Let's hope he doesn't turn into a little mouse nugget. Uh, I, I, was, I was talking with uh, our friend, who is the, the logo designer of this podcast and our number one fan about the term popcorn chicken. And I was like, do they call it that because they, they make it in a poppy way or it's got popcorn in it? He's like, no, it's just, the, the pieces are small. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, I can't help but feel slightly disappointed. And it comes in a box, and yeah. I suppose you could eat it while you watch a movie, though it's not as traditional. You could eat anything yeah. while you watch a movie. Yeah, yeah. You, just any food. My, uh, yeah, over by the fire, Misty and Crystal are bonding adorably. I'm sure nothing horrifying will happen here. And Crystal asks no Misty way. which fam- which three famous people she would have at a slumber party. Oh, this scene is so fucking good. Like, any... Literally any scene with Misty and Crystal in it is an all-time great for the entire fucking show. Uh, Misty says Plato. Spoiler alert, not many of those remain. No, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Sad. I mean, I mean, you know, Sean is still having scenes with Jackie, so, you know. Well, yeah, true, true. <laughs> Misty could go full off the wall, too. <laughs> and Nuha Jez Isman is a fantastic actress. And if I were this show, I would want to keep her... Still having the occasional cameo role in future seasons. But yeah, Plato. Also, fact correction. In the first season, I say that Plato probably loved anal sex. Not true. The Greeks frowned upon anal sex and thought it was unmanly. It was fine, however, for you to fuck a guy in the thighs. Uh, Plato, great season one callbacks. Uh, she's like a Eric niece. I, I don't know who the fuck that is, who's apparently a dancer of some kind. And after some persuasion... Misty comes out with Jack Kevorkian, the assisted suicide guy. I fucking love that. Crystal agrees, saying, we had to put down our beagle, Whimsy, last year. Pause to note, Whimsy! He was named Whimsy! That's amazing! It's up there with Mr. Schwoosums. Yes! (laughs) And this is like, why should humans have to suffer more than beagles? Yeah, let me just put my cards on the table. I'm a strong advocate of assisted suicide. Dying is not a crime. And yeah, she says young Kevorkian. A lot of the time it is, but, you know. Yeah, it, should, it shouldn't. kills you. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Pedantic. Um, I say that as if that is not usually me. Um, no. <laughs> fucking, uh, yeah, Crystal says that young Kevorkian was kind of hot. I'm literally obsessed with her. Mari goes over and meanly offers them the deck of cards, and when you choose a certain card, you get a certain chore... Crystal draws the removing the leavings bucket to card, but Misty says she will help her. 
Yeah, a lot of... She's about to kick the shit bucket. Indeed. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> might have been better for both of you if she had not helped her with that. Mm. And Crystal replies, thanks, bestie. Their relationship fucking destroys me, dude. I'm sure nothing horrifying will, etc. <laughs> Cut to Callie and Officer Twatface in his car. She seems understandably preoccupied. They have a vaguely treacly exchange, and Callie leads him in the wrong direction by telling him that Shauna was banging Randy. 25 years later, and he keeps turning up as an embarrassing fake sex partner. Mm. That's what we call consistency. <laughs> Good instinct, Cal, but maybe you should have checked in with Shauna beforehand. Cut to Walter and Misty driving down the road. Much like every scene with her and Crystal, every scene with her and Walter is also amazing. The song Stayin' Alive comes on the radio. Misty turns it off. Interesting. Uh, Walter offers to put a musical tape on, but Misty is all I need to concentrate. Walter somewhat contradictorily suggests they play a game of two truths and a lie. He then says, and pause to say this is amazing, I once owned a small business where we sold artisanal small batch ghost cheese. I like how you said artisanal. <laughs> I once owned a small business where we sold artisanal small batch ghost cheese. And by we, I mean myself and a goat named Billy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see, ever see that meme on Tumblr that was like people rearranging the letters of artisanal cheese to be is anal cheese art? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Why not? Anything else can be art. I, I love this. Two, there's a non-zero chance that Barry Manilow is my biological father. <laughs> that fucking rules. And three, I have $175,000 worth of stock in Taco Bell and I have never been to a single one. The beans upset my stomach. Misty attempts to ignore the game, but her curiosity gets the better of her, and she guesses that the Barry Manilow one is a lie. But no! Misty then reasons that it's the goat one, because male goats do not create cheese, but Billy is a girl, Walter informs her. And Walter reveals they are all true. Misty, correctly, says, I don't think you understand the rules of your own game. Walter replies, there's only ever one rule. Win. Oh my, what a line of dialogue. Now seems as good an opportunity as any to ask... Matthew, do you think that Walter is what he claims to be, just a weird, rich, eccentric guy, or does he have some sinister hidden agenda we're yet to see? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't really lean one way or the other. Uh, slightly to the left, but, you know. I think the former. I think he's the Adam of this season. He seems suspicious, but he's just what he appears to be, except he is 11 trillion times more interesting than Adam. Let's go with that. Yeah, Misty plays Walter's game, offering, I do not like monkeys. I think we're asking the wrong questions about the moon landing, which I love. <laughs> it has to be a fucking hipster conspiracist. But she interrupts herself after spying the entrance to Lottie's cult farm. I wonder what her third thing was going to be. Yeah. I definitely killed one of my friends in the woods. <laughs> I love these two nutcases. Cut to adult Van. I love getting to type slash say that sentence. Van is alive. Van beat the dead allegations. I love her so much. Van is watching <laughs> a wedding VHS of a red-headed woman. How interesting. She looks kind of emotional. Ty appears and startles her by asking, who's that? Van replies that she has no idea. She's just digitizing their tapes. I think, theory... This lady is actually Van's mother, and she was having a bit of a mo watching the wedding video of her parents being like, wow, they got fucked up after that. Just a theory of mine. As a side note, Van has a poster of Sunset Boulevard, 
with Gloria Swanson on her wall. Maybe I should watch that so I know if it's a cool reference to the plot of the show or not. Yeah, Van asks Ty why she's there. She's like, what are you doing here, Ty? Oh, Lauren Ambrose is so fucking good. And she deduces that the sleepwalking is happening again. Ty dodges this and produces the cool naked lady pen. <laughs> Which is awesome. Van likes it, and Ty recalls the time that they swapped the fancy guest book pen at Shauna and Jeff's wedding for one of those, and Jackie's mum, who I'm sure was just so obnoxious at such an event. Like, can you even imagine it? No. She would She would give some big, like speech tirade about how happy she is for Jeff and Shauna and how Jackie was so amazing and they kind of suck so it's nice that people who kind of suck can be married to in our majestically equalitist society (laughs) (laughs) and yeah Jackie's mom was like I can see her bosoms not letting the fun moment just hang there though Van asks how bad is it spoiler alert it's fucking bad Cut to Callie walking into the kitchen where Jeff and Sean are chilling. Je- Jeff was about to make a sandwich with cinnamon raisin bread and mayonnaise. Yeah, and he's got the mustard out, so God oh. knows what he's... It's like... That makes the thing that Walter did the last episode seem positively reasonable. I know. Uh, oh my God, these people and their food atrocities. What the fuck, Jeff? Shout out to our logo designer slash number one fan's dad, because he did stuff like that too. <gasps> Callie is like... Remember when you asked if I told anyone about all the stuff that's going on? Shauna and Jeff turn towards her, worried as fuck, Lee. She's like, promise you won't freak out. And they're like, sure, no. (laughs) Which is hilarious. No. Callie reveals she's been hanging out with this wanker and that he is a cop. And she mentioned the whole affair thing. They freak out. She attempts to resolve the sitch by saying that she led them down the wrong path by saying that Shauna was banging Randy. Neither of them love this revelation. Sean replies, Randy Walsh, in the manner that everyone does. Mm, yeah, it's like whenever you say his name, you yeah. can do it in that exact tone. He should really have the the, the interrobang on his business card. <laughs> <laughs> and Kyle's like, at least it's better than telling them it was the guy she killed. Shauna then says that this is not a terrible idea. And they form a plan to trick the popo into thinking that Shauna is banging Big Rando. Jeff seems very unhappy with this, but goes along with it anyway. So yeah, Natalie, in the present, is wandering about the compound, trying to get into Lottie's private zone. Phrasing? Yeah. <laughs> a creepy guy accosts Sam, prevents her from doing so, and they're going to go to the sharing meeting. He's like, do you want to walk with us? And she's like, yeah, totally. But Cut. inside, she's like, no. Indeed. In the past, Ty and Akila are washing some clothes in a tub. Ty says that she was surprised to see Akila in the sharing circle this morning. Akila says the same thing. Ty says that she started going because Van asked her to, leaving out the whole sleepwalking aspect. When asked why she's going, Akila says that pre-crash, Rachel and her had a pre-game ritual. Uh, if you don't remember, Rachel is the blonde girl who got impaled in the second episode. Apparently they would pump themselves up to Easy Lover by Phil Collins. I'm so glad Akila likes that. She, after all, does have two ears and a soul. <laughs> Put on their lucky implements and tapped their cleats on the line before they went onto the field. Ty responds that this is really cute, which it is, but also seemingly didn't work because the JV squad lost a lot. Akila replies that maybe they would have lost more otherwise, and maybe that wasn't the point. It just felt good, like they could pretend that it made a difference. They didn't really believe in it. Interesting commentary on Ty's situation. Ty is like, yeah, I'll keep going too, and Akila is like, well, yeah, because you're totally whipped. And then they start splashing each other. It's really cute. Yeah, Akila's definitely going to fucking die, isn't she? 
Which is a pity, because as the person there who likes Phil Collins when she dies, the average music taste of the group will get even worse. <laughs> Elsewhere in the cabin, Travis is giving Harvey some bear broth. He attempts to convince him to speak, saying that he understands why he ran away that night, because a lot of fucked up stuff happened, but he pleads with him to tell him where he was. He doesn't. Nat says he'll be alright, he just needs time, and Trav responds, You don't think you got enough of that out there? So yeah, Trav is angry at Nat for planting the bit of pant. Natalie protests that she didn't think he was alive, and it doesn't make any sense that he is. Well, yeah, Natalie, a lot of things don't make sense. Trav replies that he maybe wouldn't, he wouldn't be so fucked up if they'd found him sooner. You know, he stopped looking because of Nat, and is like, that's on you. He needs someone to blame. Matthew, do you think he's he's right to be angry with her? I think it's understandable why he's angry with her, yes. but I don't think... It, you know, you, you can tend to be a little bit irrational when you're grief-stricken. Mm, very true. Like, I don't... I think if, even if they found him somewhat earlier, I don't He'd think it would He'd still be fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Trav storms Thanks out... Thanks to his <clears throat> mysterious friend. Oh, I cannot wait to get into that. Mm. Do you... Well, we'll get into that then. <laughs> Trav storms out of the cabin. Lottie goes after him. Ooh. Fucked up situation, man. One of the couples is doing a lot better than the other right now. Cut to the sharing shack. Nat is meditating with Lisa. Lisa tells Nat to project her fears onto Lisa to access her inner truths. And Nat seems a bit sceptical of the whole thing. Lottie comes over and Nat asks about Lottie's hand wound, which she used to drop some blood on the stump in the previous episode. Lottie deflects it. But Nata takes five in order to break into Lottie's secret zone. Phrasing. You can do that every time? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but Nata's interrupted by a guy telling her that someone is here to see her. Yeah, Misty sees Natalie on the other side of the gate. She's so excited to see her. It's so cute. Nat is not excited to see her, and she's like, who the fuck is this? And Walter is like, Walter, I've heard nothing but wonderful things about you. <laughs> Nat says her kidnapping was no big deal, uh, and sort of seems annoyed that Misty is even there. Misty is shocked that Lottie is no longer in a mental institution in Switzerland. Nat says that she's fine. You and your hardy boy can go home. I'm doing a fucking thing here, Misty. I don't need you getting in my way. Like, is Nat just, just air-budding Misty, like, go home, can't you see I don't want to? Or, to, you know that Sunny Rock episode with Frank and Harry and the Hendersons? Mm, elucidate. It, it's like the thing of, like, you have to make someone leave for their own good, so you act mean to them. It's like, can't you see I don't want you? you know? Yeah, that's what I figured you were getting at. Yeah, she's yeah. probably doing a bit of that. I think she's doing a bit of that. But, like, you know, I don't see how Misty coming in and fucking up all the cult shit's going to be helpful to her discovering her evil intent, which Indeed. apparently isn't as... Sinister as she seems to think it is, I don't know. Doesn't seem to be. Mm. Cut to adult tie and van. Delighter is horrified to learn about the biscuit altar situation. Van asks Ty if she's seen a sleep doctor, and so she responds that she would say some fucked up inappropriate shit in her sleep, so no, she is not. Ty requests to have a shower and sort of punts that discussion for later in a vain attempt to not talk about the really fucked up shit. Classic. Misty and Crystal, Crusty, <laughs> are walking through the woods with the ass leavings bucket, telling each other rapid fire secrets. Crystal says that she let some guy finger her, which, nice, I'm glad she able to experience that before she died. <laughs> Misty says, one time I walked in on my parents having sex and I wasn't completely grossed out. Of course. 
Yep. Most misty thing ever. They dump the shite over the cliff. Crystal says that Misty must pinky swear not to tell anyone this new secret, but that her name isn't actually Crystal. It's Kristen. But she liked... They nicknamed... They said it that wrong by accident and then nicknamed her Crystal the Pistol. She liked having a nickname. She was afraid that people wouldn't like her as much if she didn't have a cool name. Misty is like, I didn't think people liked me very much either before the crash. Then she felt so useful and great and everything. And then Crystal says, which, you know, is an interesting thing for people in their situation to say, do you know how lucky we are? Some people never find someone to share their deepest secrets with. And Misty then, uh, this whole time you're watching it, you're like, don't fucking do it. But she doesn't. She then straight up tells Crystal that she is the one that destroyed the black box. And Crystal, I'm just going to keep calling her Crystal, FYI, is like, what the fuck? You're the reason we never got rescued? Misty desperately tries to play it off as a joke. But Crystal responds, you're not that good an actress. Oh, fuck. You ain't my bestie no more. Yeah, you're not my best friend, you're a psycho, she says. And then Misty is like, you can't tell anyone. He's like, oh, what? You'll poison me? And she's like, no. I will fucking kill you. And then she does. Well, no, it's it's it seems to be an accident because near the edge of the cliff, and Crystal steps back. Instinct. She hadn't said that. Yeah, Crystal might not have taken that step back, and Indeed. she might have not fallen off the cliff. She and falls she off might the cliff. Told the rest of the YJs that she destroyed the black box, and then yes. blah 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 blah, and it could have been she would extremely good shit pit gold. So yeah, she. Also, like I said when we watched the episode, did she fall like directly into the pile of shit uh, they just tipped out? Like, I hope you know, not. I just, I just wonder where that shit is. And like, when Ugh. Missy goes down to check on her, does she end up stepping in it? Like, I don't know. It's all covered in snow. It's bad enough <laughs> that she has to die. I hope she at least didn't need to die covered in ass. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. Crystal. We have our third post-crash death that, like, of any character that like means a damn thing yeah it's really fucking sad i so it's like a christian uh, christian plane crash explodey person laurely yeah jackie jackie crystal. and crystal yeah is cool you always knew she had to die because misty can't have a friend but it was extremely fucking sad the way she died and an mm. extremely good extremely good scene yeah r.i.p crystal you were fucking weird in an exact way that i really liked and i fucking loved you and i hope we get to see you again yeah, like you said, maybe she'll be the new uh, post-Jackie. I hope so. Do you think... Because, like, later on there's a storm and they might have some trouble recovering her body and obviously Mystic lies about her whereabouts, but if they do somehow recover her, do you think she's getting eaten? I don't know. Like, yeah. anything's possible. They're, they're nice and uh, fr- freezing, yeah. you know, so nice and preserved for later. We cut to Misty and Walter in the car. Misty seems pretty froke. Uh, he says, I'm getting the feeling you're upset. Lol, Walter is me. Misty is astonished that she could have somehow missed Lottie's rise to cult fame. Walter interjects, on the bright side, your friend's okay. And then Misty is like, maybe Lottie is jealous of whatever Natalie and I have. Yeah. And then... And she's like, you don't get... And then Walter suggests that maybe uh, murder is the thing that brought them together. He reveals that he knows Misty helped cover up Adam's death. Turns out that Adam's mum is dead, and Misty's lie in Ep 3 about knowing her is 
obviously a lie. Yeah, fits her being impulsive and a bit crazy. So yeah, he deduced that Misty killed Adam, which she didn't. So he's, he's not entirely correct, but he's definitely on the right track. And he's like, you're charming and impulsive. Which are traits of most serial killers. <laughs> Walters then explains that he's cool with that, because his grandmother was convicted of killing his grandpa Joe, but she never failed to send him a birthday card, even from prison. And then he's like, I like you, regardless of your extracurricular activities. He's just so cool and he's hard to hate. He's fucking awesome! <laughs> I love him so much. Like, like I, even when he's calling her out on one of her deepest, darkest secrets, it's yeah, just like, I still like you, you're cool. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I hope... I hope so much that he can somehow survive this season and they can have a spin-off where they just drive up around the country solving crimes. <laughs> slash creating crimes. Yeah. <laughs> little column A, little column B. Yeah. Or like like in uh, Seven Psychopaths, they could drive around the country killing people who drive around the country killing people. <laughs> the serial killer killers. John Jarretting the John Jarrett. Exactly. <laughs> I'd work oh, Misty, uh oh, just John Jarrett would be so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> be like oh this sailor's even crazier than me what the bloody hell are you cunts doing out here <laughs> eating people's my thing <laughs> so yeah Misty I think like is enticed by the boss because as we see on the previous scene the last time she confessed her most fucked up secret to somebody they reacted very badly understandably I must say so she's enticed by the possibility of somebody accepting her with all of her fucked upness but i think she uh thinks that's too good to be true so it's just like you need to go whatever this is it's over because the possibility of true acceptance terrifies her and then walter's like but i'm your ride and she's like i'll figure it out yeah then she departs i love walter and this is definitely not the last we're seeing of him do you think she could get a dd out to the middle of buttfuck nowhere (laughs) i think she could she probably could, as we saw in episode one. She's astonishingly obnoxious when she needs to be. <laughs> Cut to Shauna arriving at the motel, tailed by Kevin and Officer Twatface. Shauna enters the room with Randy, who's like, oh, I got us some chips, but I ate all the Fritos. <laughs> Jeff didn't really tell me much, just that we're supposed to hang out for a bit and not to touch you. <laughs> <laughs> Which, given that he doesn't know the purpose of this event, must have been an extremely weird thing to hear. Yeah, somewhat unnecessary detail, but oh well. (laughs) Jeff, yeah, Shauna... Randy, third time lucky. (laughs) Randy mentions that Natalie and FBI thing. Shauna is nonplussed by this, but is like, okay, we'll fucking table that for now. Shauna hands Randy a condom. He's like, Shauna, I'm I'm flattered, but I really love Tammy and... She just took me back. Which, yay, those crazy kids worked it out. I, I want to see the episode that is them co-running the strip club that Randy owns. Oh, did, did we not? Yeah, that detail has never been explicitly shown, but he does own a strip club. Okay. Which is fucking awesome. On your Randy. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he gets Randy in there. I That's a bad I think note. he's never not Randy in there. <laughs> the, the summary of this episode is actually... Shauna finds herself unexpectedly randy. <laughs> I know, it's so it's so fucking good. Shauna is like, it's not for us, Randy, just jerk off into that and throw it in the trash. He goes into the bathroom to do so, and she stipulates, don't you dare think about me. <laughs> Cut to the past, Lottie is whispering to Shauna's tum as she is asleep that its occupant is going to change everything. Hmm. She wakes up and is understandably a bit fucking freaked out. She throws Lottie to the ground dramatically. Ty, interesting, helps Lottie back to her feet. How dare you speak to my guts. Yeah. 
Just got some bizarre, bizarre quanders <laughs> off the frame. Wow, I really am fucking lost. <laughs> Griffith! <laughs> I will find you and rescue Casca. Yeah. Man, how fucking fucked would all of the characters be if Misty found a bailet? <laughs> <laughs> Just... They're all in hell, and she's also forced all of the demons to reenact popular musical song and dance numbers as they eviscerate and decapitate all of the yellow Oh my god, oh my god. That just reminds me of the deleted scenes in uh, Berserk, how yes. Griffith's constantly bursting into Berserk. Yes! I just, I go, oh oh god, say no. Misty, <laughs> Misty and Griffith, that has the potential to be a pretty powerful fucking duo. Oh my god. <laughs> You, you mean you're actually able to convincingly pretend to be a normal person to gain the trust of others? <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a pretty good system. <laughs> well, it was until I got caught fucking somebody and tortured almost to death. But hey, then I went to hell and became a fucked up lord. So swings and fucking roundabouts, which have not been invented yet. Batman. Batman. That would make no sense yeah, to anybody listen who has ninety-five percent of listeners who have never seen Berserk. Sorry, that must have just sounded like we were speaking in tongues. And like most of the other five percent probably haven't seen the deleted scenes. No, you should though. They're <laughs> fucking funny. But yeah, Lottie defends herself by saying it's good to talk to them in utero. And Sean is like, yeah, so they can recognize the sound of their mother's voice. Ty weirdly defends Lottie and is like, she wasn't hurting anyone, Sean. And Sean feels like. Fuck, I'm surrounded by spirity weirdos now. She goes, fuck this, and leaves the cabin. Cut to modern Ty after her shower, and Ty discovers in the medicine cabinet some oxy, labelled for V. Palmer. She walks outside and is like, what is this? And Van replies, it's medication. Motherfucking drugs! <laughs> As that'd be, that'd be, that would be awesome if that is how she replied. And it would fit, given her pop culture references, but no. Do you remember that bit in uh, Training Day when Denzel Washington's like, so where's the crack, man? <laughs> and Superman like, shows up. He's <laughs> like, crack. His hands are chilled. Snoop Dogg vomits everywhere. He's like, no, man, I gave that up ages ago. And then, like, Denzel Washington shoves a pen down his throat and he yaks all over the floor. <laughs> so what's that then? Motherfucking crack! Superhands walks in. Crack. Actually, no, I'm good. And, 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 and then Asami from Audition walks in and is like, yes, my favorite! <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you haven't seen Training Day... It's a good movie. Good movie. Van instead replies, It's medication for me to mind my own business. You should take two, which is fucking awesome. (laughs) And it's like, really? Yeah, really, Ty? You're decapitating dogs and crashing your car into people and you're going to judge her for taking some oxys? Van says that they're, in fact, for her mum, Vicky, who got cancer and lived here until she died. Apparently, cancer scared the bitch right out of her. Yeah, some people it has the opposite effect. Some people cancer scares even more bitch into them. Yeah, it's like have you ever seen the C word? Oh. Yeah, Laura Lenny, don't be a prick in that. Indeed, uh, she says that people reassess their choices when they know they're going to die. Ty says that maybe you don't have to be dying for that. But did, then, I, did I say the big C or the C word? I hope it's the latter. That's a good title for a movie. Is it? That what it is? I think it's the big C, not the C word. Yeah. 
But anyway, uh, Van is all like, you don't get to do this. You don't get to show up here and drop your fucking anvil into my life and go all high fidelity on me. Uh, so what's the deal with what happened to us? And then Ty's like, is that Seinfeld? And Van is like, I'm mixing my pop culture metaphors because I'm fucking upset. <laughs> Which, of all the exchanges in this episode, was the most an exchange between me and you. Yep. We get it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Van says that Ty knows that she won't let her just leave in her state so she could at least do her the courtesy of asking for her help. Then Ty is like, I killed a fucking dog. My wife's in the fucking hospital. I'm losing my mind and I'm fucking terrified. I can't ask you for help because I don't want to hurt any more of the people I love. Ugh. It's so fucking heartbreaking, dude. They hug. It's ah, such a good fucking scene. They're so fucking good together. Cut to adult Shauna smooshing the bed sheets, asking Randy if he's finished. He he isn't yet. He's like, come on, Randog. I don't know if that's what... If that's like his nickname for himself or that's just what he calls his penis. <laughs> funny, It's funny either way. He can't seem to get it done. Cut to adult Nat breaking into Lottie's special quadrant. Nat's gun is in the closet. Hey, Phrasing. <laughs> I thought you were going to do it that time, but you did. No, she uncovers uh-huh, all of the cult members' phones, financial records, and child support payment letters and such things. She then runs back out into the main sharing shack in front of all the cultists, starts yelling at Lottie and getting up in her face, like, so you've just been scamming everyone? You have their phones? And she's manipulating all of you. She's praying and profiting. But, as Lottie informs her, they all already know, and they're all fine with it. And then Nat is like, her delusions have hurt people. She is clinically insane. <laughs> and then Lisa defends Lottie by saying, you should know better than anyone. You can't define a person based on their past. Which, how much do you think the cultists know about what happened in the woods? Oh, fuck all, I reckon. Yeah, no, Lottie probably wasn't like, yeah, we ate, murdered, and ate a lot of people and skinned them alive, and they were very sweaty. Yeah, because um, most of them would probably be like, maybe I don't want to be part of your weird cult. Yeah, See ya. and the people who I'm going to keep my money and drive my Ferrari on out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and the people who did want to be a part of the cult at that point probably wouldn't be people you'd want to hang out with. No, probably not. Yeah. Lottie asked them to leave her, and they all do. Lottie suggests to Nat that they engage in some regression therapy to uncover the truth of Travis's final message. Nat starts sobbing. It's a really fucked up scene. Lottie says that she wants to understand what Travis was going through. And then, in one of the most raw fucking lines of this season, Nat says, you know what he was going through. You started it. Motherfucker, how are you going to finish it? (laughs) Exactly. Oh, I wish he'd said that in response. But no, that's like, yeah, Travis was in a desperate place. And wanted something to believe in about the possibility of Harvey being alive. And people, as Tenzin would say, when we are at our lowest point, we are open to the greatest change. And that change is not always for the better. I saw this meme. That was like a a Lord of the Rings meme. And it was just like, bad times create strong people. Strong people create good times. Good times create weak people. Weak people create bad times. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they spent a while on that one. That's up there with, like, fear leads to anger, hate leads to suffering. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Fucking vicious cycles. (laughs) 
Lottie acknowledges that possibility. She's like, maybe that's true, but I need to know. It's a really great fucking scene. Come to the past. Ty is trying to talk to Shauna in the frozen wilderness. And she's like, what do you want? Am I supposed to apologize? And he's like, you're supposed to be my friend. You're supposed to be on my side, not Team Lottie. Ty says that we're all on the same team, and Shauna reacts incredulously to this. She's like, you joined their fucking prayer club. And she's like, I'm only in it because of Van. And Shauna's like, she's obsessed with my baby. And she's like, having a bunch of weirdos, tree people pl- praying for my baby isn't making me feel better. And then Ty's like, okay, so Lottie's excited about the baby. We all are. And Shauna's like, no. If anyone should be excited, it's me, but I'm rightfully freaking the fuck out about having a baby in the middle of the fucking woods, and newsflash, having a bunch of psychos praying for me in some weird fucking tree cult isn't making my life any easier. Just a truly amazing performance from Sophie Nelise. She I was, can see where she's at. Yeah, no, could you imagine being in this fucking situation? It'd be horrific. And then she says, I don't need your fucking prayers, I need you to have my back. And Ty's like, I do. But Shauna, for the first time in a really long time, I'm not afraid to fall asleep. And yeah, you're right. It's probably not because I listened to the pine needles or whatever. Okay. Pause. Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> this is interesting. Even Speculation time. She's... Ty is sort of like, I don't really believe in this, but I'm just go- going like, it seems to be helpful to me, so I'm just going along with it. But the fact that she even says, like, it's probably not because I listened to the pine needles or whatever is, yeah, it's, it's really fucking interesting. That shows that she's able to, like, not just be a giant skepticism pants and remain become a bit more open-minded, which is very interesting. So do you think there's any chance she tried meditating later in life? Yeah, maybe. I, I But, I mean, seemingly it doesn't work, but yeah, we'll get to that. I thought we were already at that. No, I mean, like, in the future, we'll get to her future developments. Oh. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And then their argument is forestalled. It starts snowing AF, and they realize they immediately have to get back to the cabin. Cut to Misty. Oh. <sighs> Trying to resuscitate Crystal to the beat of staying alive, but she isn't. <laughs> no, she ain't. She yeah. did. And she's like, I'm sorry, Bestie, and leaves her. Oh, it's so fucking sad, dude. Kevin and Officer Twatface see Shauna and Big Rando depart. The latter says they should check the room, get confirmation they did in fact moan. Kev seems sceptical and tells him that without a warrant, nothing's admissible. Kevin draws his attention to the cock casing in the bin. He feels it up and sniffs it and realises that it is, in fact, not spooge, it's strawberry lotion. The cues is loose, he says, wanking hand gesture. When he picked it up, I could have sworn he was going to eat some. I was like, oh, no, gross. But then he didn't. But it was even Thank like God a step too that. far that he smelled it. Like, who smells spooge? I get why, but ugh. He's fucked up. Yeah. And then, then he hands it to the other guy who's not wearing gloves and just like, here you go. I mean, it's lotion, but... Yeah, but, he you didn't know, know his, that. his cock was still in it. Like, yeah. Ugh. Well, I mean, your cock is in your pants, but I would handle someone else's pants. But I get, like, okay. <laughs> but I get what you mean. Like, it, look, you're, you're right. It's fucking weird. So, yeah, cut to the past. Ben is examining Harvey's drawing of tree roots. And then he's all like, she told me not to come back. Harvey, Harvey fucking speaks and says that. Ben is like, who did? And he's like, my friend. And then just walks off. Coach is like, Harvey, what the fuck? But he doesn't say anything else. This is my theory. I think his friend is adult Ty. I mean, uh, 
alternate Ty. Oh. Ty is walking around in the woods. At one point, she talked to Harvey and was like, don't come back. Everybody else is crazy. Just stay in this underground cisterny thing. Yes, exactly. Underground cisterny thing. But again, we'll see. Or it could just be a reference to in the first season when Shauna, when he was freaking out at Doom coming and Shauna, with a knife, yelled at him, RUN! <laughs> Technically speaking, that is, a, that is that. Misty comes into the cabin and is like, I lost her, I lost Crystal, I lost her in the storm, blah, blah, blah. And then Akela's like, we gotta look for her. And then, <laughs> this was funny, this probably isn't how they meant it, but Van is like, oh shit, Shorter and Ty are still out there. It's like, oh no, the people whose names we know are in danger. <laughs> oh no, some of the people we give a shit about are in danger. It was exactly, exactly like that bit in Daria, where in the musical episode where Brittany and Kevin are like, but by now they're catching on that two well-liked kids are gone. And I bet that someone's even missing you. <laughs> Great shot of Misty sighing in relief. You, you didn't really like the musical episode that much, did you? I, I didn't hate it. No, no, I did like it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. It was, it was like some kind of stupid moments and not everybody was necessarily an amazing singer, but I thought it was a good episode overall. Yeah, I feel like everybody doesn't have to be a great singer like us. No, yeah. thought uh, it was okay. Obsessive kids and moms just might be ticking bombs. When Jake Morgendorfer says he's going to do, do something, something, he does it. I mean, does it. I want to watch that fucking episode again now. <laughs> Both of those episodes, because the latter bit was not in that. No, but... Yeah. Tangents. That's Tangents. my department. It's <laughs> both of our departments. So yeah, um, Ty and Shauna struggling through the woods. All of the early jackets are out on the you know porch, desperately looking for them. Lottie asks Van, "What do you hear?" Nat responds, "What the fuck does that have to do with anything?" <laughs> I love Nat. Everybody starts saying things like, "I hear my breath. I hear the wind. I hear the trees. I feel our friends coming back to us." It's a prayer, in a sense. Cut a van and tie, the latter... Yeah, cut a modern van and tie. The latter is asleep on the couch. A van adorably covers her with covers and walks to the bathroom and uh, uh, Van retrieves her oxy from the trash and takes one. Sad. Yeah, the children of addicts often also become addicts because they need something to deal with their parent being an addict. Sometimes they don't, though. Sometimes yeah. they do the full 180 and they're just like, nah, I ain't touching that shit. Yeah. Ty then springs to her feet and makes out with Van. And Van rapidly realises, Oh, you're the other one, aren't you? What do you want? And then Ty, in a terrifying voice, says, This isn't where we're supposed to be. Where are we supposed to be, Ty? Lottie's compound, Slash I, the other one. Lottie's compound, I assume. Cut to Nat and Lottie in the latter's private quarters, doing a kind of, like, Torchlight shining in eyes based memory regression technique. Lottie says, This is a technique I learned in my time away. Lol, a nice euphemistic way to refer to being in a mental asylum. And then, uh, yeah, Lottie asks her to picture the last time she saw Travis alive, and that flashes back to their last encounter. Lottie asks her what happened, and she responds, What always happens, which, uh, uh, it's a sad fucking line to hear, you know. On their last encounter, Nat and Trav both did lines of coke. And, yeah, she passes out. He tries to revive her. The fucking uh, paramedics, EMTs or whatever in the room, giving her oxygen, desperately trying to revive her. When Nat was between life and death, 
She hallucinated the burned and blackened corpses of the yellow jackets in the plane. As if they all died. There's a shot of a blackened corpse of a person who died as they were trying to claw their way out of the window. It's really fucked up. It's as if, like, in her hallucination, maybe they were all meant to die, like Final Destination, and all the fucked up shit that has been happening to them is because the wilderness was owed their souls. And yet the, the Adler Queen from the from the pilot she sees it walking towards them in the in the plane oh it's so fucked up she says to travis i saw it i felt it we brought it back we brought it back with us now some people are taking this as like oh the show's definitely going full supernatural but i don't interpret it that way i still think there's a degree of ambiguity because it's like does she mean the evil supernatural entity or the darkness that was already in them, their own collective trauma? She says there was something, some darkness out there with us or in us. To me, that with us or in us line gets at the, the ambiguity of like, is it an external force or was it inside them just the fucked upness that they brought to the table? Yeah, well, I think, you know, having to butcher and eat your friends is kind yeah. of going to leave a bit of a mark. It's a bit in... Um, <laughs> In the Avatar Kyoshi novels, uh, prequel novels, that are fantastic, by the way, uh, in uh, the Avatar universe. Do you mind if I spoil one of them? No. Right. Well, there's a bit where one of the protagonist's childhood friends, like, merges with a spirit and becomes an evil, fucked, fucked up guy. And she was like, ah, oh, he became evil because of the spirit, so as long as I just get that out of him, he'll be good again. And then later on, it's like... No, no, he was just fucked up and evil the whole time. Mm. I think it could be a similar That's thing. That's probably the reason why he took the thing in. Indeed, indeed. Nat, yeah, we see, like, Nat, played by Sophie Thatcher, on Lottie's lap, is, like, a pretty on-the-nose but effective visual metaphor for her regressing into a past state. And Lottie looks behind her and sees her shadow with horns. It looks like the darkness, the wilderness, whatever you want to call it. Won't be satisfied with just some blood from your hand. Cut to Misty at night, banging on the cult's door, tearfully requesting to join them. Uh, if you can't beat him, join them, I guess is her philosophy. God, I can't wait to see Misty interacting with Lottie and the rest of the cult. That's going to be so fucking good. Yeah, she's going to have some stupid shit to say. And I can't wait to hear it. So yeah, Ty and Shauna stagger into the cabin after Ty is praying is like I, f I hear our friends I hear the you know the wilderness blah 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 I hear the trees I hear the, the wind exactly Akila is like is she in labour Shauna then confirms that yes she is in labour she screams in pain as Danzig's mother plays us out which as you said was a bit on the nose very on the nose good good song I like that song yeah one of the few songs that you unequivocally like as opposed to just don't least unhate yeah and that's the episode. Good fucking episode. Um, hate, hated that we have to wait two weeks for the next one because it's probably going to be really fucking intense and good. But yeah, good episode. But now it's only like, you know... Now it's in like five days, yeah. Five days or something, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything else to say. I imagine you don't either, so let's leave it there. ka -ching. That's all for today. Listeners, be well. And remember, we're not out of the woods yet. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.